welcome to the Fearless Future Podcast. I'm your host, Catherine McCourt, transformational life and business coach. Today's topic is money mindset. So I did a recent episode called Energy Set Point, which is episode number 40, if you're interested in learning more about that. And I've had some feedback from people who are saying that they wanted to know more about financial energy set point slash money mindset. So here we are. I'm going to cover off on four things. So common factors that negatively affect your money mindset, things to consider to positively affect your money mindset, as well as share what the five different personalities are when it comes to money mindsets, because this is certainly where you can start building awareness of your habits and your thoughts. And then three tips to start molding and creating a positive money mindset. I want to make it clear that I am not a financial expert, but I have learned a thing or two in life, like most of us do. And I do know a thing or two about mindset being a transformational coach. Okay, we've heard that the recession is coming. There's certainly a lot of people who are in financial stress already from the effects of the pandemic. So I decided it would be a great time to do this money mindset episode. So what is a money mindset? Basically, this defines how you feel about money, how you think about money, what influences how you save money or how you spend it, and how you manage your debt. Did you have parents that would always say, save your money, but then never really teach you how? Did you know that your parents' attitude around money can positively or negatively affect your relationship with it? Also, if they never talked about it, Maybe this was never a thought for you in terms of what to do with it, how to save it, how to make it work for you. So it can be generational. You know, my parents never really discussed finances because in their generation and how they were raised is that that is a personal matter that you don't share with everyone. But then my siblings and I never really talked about it, although each of us started working at very young ages. So when we were teenagers, we got our first job, which is likely what you did too. One of the things that we're hearing more and more is that parents really should be speaking to their kids openly about finances. Now, I'm not saying dump all your financial stress onto your children, but educating them in very simple ways. There's bank apps out there that show how to start saving money. You can track it. Maybe there's a game out there. It should be a fun thing. But I also believe that schools can play a big part in this just to help contribute molding to positive mindsets around money for young children. So this topic is not just important to many of the listeners who reached out to me, but also a topic that I personally have been passionate about throughout my life. I've always had this fascination with how do you make your money work for you? And I wasn't always good at it. Come on, all of us start somewhere. but. I used to want to be a stockbroker and do something in finance. Then I spent years working at a financial brokerage just as an assistant, and then I changed my tune. So it was a great place to work, had a lot of fun, learned some valuable lessons that I still lean on today, but I just wanted to do something different. I knew that this wasn't going to be a career to take me long term. So whether you believe it or not, we all have a personal relationship with money, and this is what is referred to as our money mindset. Specifically, whether you have a scarcity or abundance mindset. How you manage your money is directly related to this. 
Are you someone who always feels that you don't have enough? Or are you someone who feels there's always more? Do you hear yourself saying, I could never afford that? Versus, if I manage my money better or differently, maybe I can have that one day. So what does your bank account say about this? It's a bird's eye view into what you spend, which is usually tied to what you are valuing over other things, even subconsciously at certain periods of time in your life. It's also an indication of where you are comfortable with money. Is it always low or do you accumulate a cushion? Believe it or not, this says a lot about your relationship with it. You've likely heard me say this before in other episodes, energy breeds energy. So what is your energy around money? What's the feeling that comes up when you look at your bank account? Or do you avoid it? Your energy towards it and how you manage it directly impacts the relationship with it. Yes, there are factors in our lives that play a big part, like having a well-paying job, experiencing job loss, and a whole bunch of other topics. But how you manage your money during these times, so during the uptime and the downtime, is related to your emotions and relationship to the topic. A study in 2021 published by PR Wire states that 46% of people surveyed reported living paycheck to paycheck. The biggest rise in paycheck to paycheck consumers was for those earning between $100,000 and $150,000, which is up 11% since May of 2022 to 52%. 41% of those earning one hundred fifty dollars to two hundred dollars annually lived paycheck to paycheck in June of 2022, which is up 6% since May. So this is a direct indication of how the pandemic has affected our financial position. What was once easily affordable for someone who makes six figures and above might have started feeling some of the strains. Okay, let's look at some of the negative and positive effects on our mindset when it comes to money. So common factors that negatively affect our money mindset could be keeping up with the Joneses. You know, I could sit here and tell you the traditional like, oh, what you think about money, meaning do you have negative thoughts versus positive thoughts? But I want to bring this into more tangible examples. So keeping up with the Joneses, you know who they are, the ones that have all the latest and fanciest things like cars, clothes, though some may not actually be able to afford what they have. So are they doing it because they can afford it or because they want to feel accepted in a particular group or to portray something to others? Are they chasing number two, which is chasing status? Having status symbols is sometimes culturally related, but we all know what's having something of luxury makes us feel, right? No shame in feeling good about that. But let me tell you, cash is an asset and a luxury. And usually people don't see your cash, right? Same with net worth. People don't wear their net worth on their shirt or their car or their home. So get out of your head about what that uber expensive item is telling others and focus on what will make you comfortable and feel well and secure. It's likely not that uber expensive luggage brand or watch. I remember a friend saying to me in my early 30s, we need to start building assets. You know, 30s is the time people are getting married. They realize they want to buy a house. They want to have two cars. They're going to start buying baby gear. Um, 
I just smiled and nodded because I already had been building assets since my early 20s. You just couldn't see it. If you are secure in the management of your own finances, you don't need to prove anything to others or show others. And when you buy things, you can afford without the stress, it is a game changer. Number three, I need to live with someone or get married to have financial security. This is a big one. Sure, it helps to have dual income or someone supporting you. But did you know that finances is one of the biggest reasons people get divorced? So there's a lot of articles out there. You can look at marriage.com. Getting clear about your finances within your relationship can be one of the most uncomfortable things to discuss, yet it's one of the healthiest things you can do. I know many women who built their own net worth before they got married. Okay, number four is retail therapy. So I've certainly experienced this, especially in my 20s, starting out in a full-time career. It felt great to always have the latest clothing trends and other things to feel good in the moment, but it passes, trust me. Now it's home sense and refreshing the house. So same, but different. It's still retail therapy sometimes. So don't feel bad about it. We all do it. Okay, YOLO, are you impulsive? You only live once. So you see something or you're in the heat of the moment and say, fuck yes, I'm getting it. Some might fall into post-purchase dissonance after the fact. And if that's you, it's likely because YOLO was not working for you in this scenario. It's because YOLO made you act impulsive. Okay, things to consider to positively affect your money mindset. Women can build wealth too. Believe it. This has sort of been the driving force behind my journey, if I am honest. I was determined to create my own healthy net worth. I've seen countless women rely on men to give them their financial stability only to find themselves lost after a breakup, experiencing divorce or death of maybe their partner, having to sell a house because they can't afford it. So this may have been what was the norm in generations before us. So certainly when you think about your parents, maybe. But now more than ever, women have and are realizing they can create their wealth and have a different partnership with the men and women in their lives, rather than just relying on them for the paycheck to be the provider. So yay, go women. And hey, if you've decided to stay home and raise your kids and your husband or wife agree to be the provider, that's totally fine. There's no judgment here. But always educate yourself on your financial status. This is the point. So I've seen it too many times back when working at the brokerage where women would come in and have no idea what they even had or what to do with their finances, what they were left. They didn't know if they were even going to be able to sustain the lifestyle that they had been accustomed to. Which brings me to my next point, education. Knowledge is power. The more you learn even the basics about how to make your money work for you, the better off you will be. Pay yourself first. Not many do this, or do you? If so, and I'm not talking about pay yourself first, like go to the spa or whatever, and although that's super important for your well-being and self-care, but how do you do this? How do you pay yourself first? Have you created a cushion to give you peace of mind? Set aside funds for a rainy day? Are you investing in yourself or your future? So even paying yourself first could be buying things that help catapult you towards the goals that you are trying to achieve. It doesn't necessarily mean saving. 
Long game reward. Long game reward versus short-term gain. Having this mindset will help when working towards certain goals. So reminding yourself that what you are reserving for now will pay off in the long run. Think saving for an adventure, a home, a car, or other things that bring you long-term joy, not just short-term satisfaction. So if I spend this chunk of money today on this now, how will it impact and affect me reaching my future aspirations and long-term goals? Finally, goal planning. The more you get used to this, the more it will serve you. You've heard it. If you neglect to plan, you plan to fail. It's true. Think of a time you wanted something and it just never happened. Was there a plan or a lack of plan? You need to create the goal around it to begin focusing energy on it and be consistent till you reach it. It's tough sometimes, yes, but there are so many methods to how you can achieve this, which we will touch on live cheap for a while. One of my favorite tips. That's something that you need to do all the time, but once in a while, take a step back from the weekly spending on things that are not necessary. You may be surprised at how fast you can start saving. I did it for quite a few years. I took the apartment without the ocean view when I moved to a new city. I stopped buying clothes every other week. I got conscious about what I was spending at restaurants. Think about this. What do companies do? when they're losing money or a need to capture more money. They cut costs. So make it a game and see how you can live cheaper. It's amazing some of the things you can find that you weren't even aware you were spending money on, like it was water. Sometimes for me, it's cosmetics. And then they sit in my cosmetic drawer and I never use them. Okay, you see, as humans, we're so habitual. I bet each week you can see what you regularly buy. Even groceries, think of this. We tend to buy the same things, but have you ever tried getting creative with a new grocery list? I find choosing a few new recipes and shopping for those in the week is sometimes actually cheaper than my standard grocery list, and I'm more creative in the kitchen. Now, maybe you have kids, and this is a bit of a scary one is to go off map, but if this is the case, see how you can get them involved. Maybe have each of them choose a recipe, and then when it comes time to cooking it, they should be more motivated to eat it. Immediately cutting some costs that make sense will provide you with more funds to use elsewhere or save for those long-term and often more important items or a rainy day. Did you know that there are five different personalities when it comes to money mindset? One is spenders. So think back to what I was talking about with keeping up with the Joneses. They like new gadgets, nice cars, brand name clothing. Number two is savers. So these are the ones when you think about people who are turning off the lights in every room that they leave, closing the fridge door really quickly, maybe not putting the heat on until they absolutely need it. They rarely maybe use credit cards. All right, number three is shoppers. So these are the ones like the retail therapy that we talked about. Shoppers have great emotional satisfaction from spending their money on different things. Debtors, they generally spend more than they earn. Um, They don't really think about what they're spending. They don't really think about their finances that much. And they don't really keep tabs on how they're spending it. And number five is investors. These are people who are highly conscious and aware of their money situation 
they understand their financial positioning, and they try to put their money to work. Can you choose which one you fall under? Building awareness around your money habits, how you feel about money and what drives you to spend or save is the key to then recognizing how can you balance this out and build a healthy mindset towards your money and finances. So here are some questions to get started. Do you buy luxury items to feel worthy or because you can afford them? What excites you about money? What are you fearful about with money? Now make sure when you ask these questions, write this stuff down because you want to start seeing some common threads or things that really stand out to you. Okay, let's continue. Did you get uncomfortable with too little or too much money? It's really important. Some people don't like having a lot of money. It makes them feel weird. And then others, certainly, I think all of us, if we have too little, it's stressful. Okay, do you save too much? Yes, this is a thing. Or do you spend too much? What emotion comes up when you think about money? Is it stressful? Is it happy? Okay, what do you hear yourself saying to describe financial scenarios? Getting clear on these things that you are saying or how you are feeling when financial topics come up is this first step. Only then can you know how to start reframing your mindset to a more positive one. So if you have had a negative outcome in the past with money, how can you let that go and start a fresh outlook with how you will manage it? Easier said than done for sure, because usually this money mindset is something that's been ingrained in us from an early age, or as I just stated, it's been a negative outcome that occurred in your life at some point. You can still save even if you don't make a lot or are paying down debt. Yes, some people think, oh, I have to do one or the other, but no, you can do both. Three ways to start managing this is, number one, as mentioned before, start looking at where you spend your money. So does it make sense where you're spending it? Can you cut back on things without choking yourself from not having a life? Or hold off spending on some other things. Start a money log. This will track your spending. So do it for two weeks, just two weeks. Did I just hear you yawn? Yeah, I know. It sounds annoying or maybe intimidating, but it will be like shining a big spotlight on your spending habits and reveal what you may not even realize. And trust me, it's not always negative. Sometimes you find some really interesting things that become positive. Okay, number two is a little away now equals a whole lot later. No matter how much money you make, even if you are stretched and only paying bills, still see if you can put any amount away, even if it's $10 per paycheck. If you can afford more, then do so. Big tip, put it in an account like a TFSA or something that is not attached to your usual accounts. This will help you forget about it and not be tempted to use it as you see it grow. So don't tie it to your debit card. That's one of the biggest lessons I learned early in life. One thing that my parents did instill in me, which is every paycheck put a little bit away in a different bank account. And it's served me well. Okay, number three is pay off the highest interest items first. So if you calculate how much you are giving away each month to debt, you'd be surprised at how fast you could grow your savings with that. 
So prioritize the high interest items and pay them down. The highest debt I had was $18,000. I've never had more than $18,000 besides my home, of course, but that's a very different debt. We're talking consumer debt here. So $18,000, but I was able to pay it off in 18 months. And when I looked at this, it actually saved me over $2,500 in interest in just one year. A positive mindset equals resiliency. And awareness is the key to that. So let go of the desire to have everything and attaching your value to things that don't really matter. What is the long-term goal, not the short-term gain? Remember that. So in my work, I work a lot with reframes, mantras, metaphors. So whatever you can do to bring to mind when you are feeling out of control with your finances, have a, have a saying like, what is the long-term goal, not the short-term gain? Just something that you can pull on a lever to remind you to recalibrate and revisit what it is that you're really trying to do here long-term. Okay, get creative. So many ways to reduce costs and save. Get educated. There is so much info out there at your disposal. Find the ideas and tips or the people that will resonate most with you. Even though I learned some key lessons and started applying them at an early age, doesn't always mean that I did right by it. I ebbed and flowed like everybody does until I realized what I was really doing with my hard-earned money. When I was in my late 20s and wanted to create a new future for myself, I set some new goals to begin a new life and then to transform from what didn't feel right to me to how I was living into a way that served me. So I pivoted, set boundaries, and have created abundance. Okay, just remember, managing money well isn't something that comes with age. What is important is just becoming aware of it at any age and working towards building a positive mindset for yourself and your future. So go ahead and have fun with this and all the best on your journey. Fearless Future Podcast is made possible by platforms such as Buzzsprout and Riverside FM. If you're interested in starting your own podcast, Buzzsprout is a great place to start to host, promote, and begin tracking your podcast. They have a 360-degree service and a ton of videos to help you get set up, choose the right equipment, and how to monetize your podcast. Their customer service is the quickest and most reliable to keep you growing and never stall your creative output. It's a super easy platform to use and connect your podcast to all major platforms for listeners to find you. So ready to launch your podcast? Go ahead and use the Buzzsprout link that I put in the show notes and receive a $20 Amazon gift card after your second paid invoice. Riverside FM is my studio platform that allows me to schedule and invite guests into a professional and interactive studio. You can have one or multiple guests and it records separate tracks for ease in editing and creating clips. It's an intuitive platform that makes your videos look great and improves any sound quality, including sound effects. Follow the links in the show notes to review if these platforms can work for you. Want a secret for editing? Check out the description link that I put in the show notes. This is the easiest platform I've ever used to edit podcasts or any type of audio or video. So yes, you can upload video. You can get the transcript and all you have to do is edit the transcript and you're done. Super easy. Check it out. All the best on your journey and have a fantastic week.